Welcome to Main Menu for the week of June 20 through June 26, 2014. I'm your host, David Tanner, and we are very pleased to have you with us here on Main Menu today. We have quite a full show today and some very interesting information that I think you'll be excited to hear about. We're going to start out with an interview with Harry Brown. Harry is our expert on the driverless vehicles, and Harry is going to give us our annual update on what is new with the advances with the driverless vehicles and while wow, he's got some exciting and very interesting news for us today and I was really pleased to have the chance to talk to Harry and I think you're gonna find it very interesting and very exciting and then I'm going to be interviewing David Wilkinson from Hems Inc. And David is going to be bringing us up to date on the very latest new release of the BrailleSense firmware for the BrailleSense note takers for Hems. And he's going to show us a lot of examples of all of the new features. And there are quite a number of new features. And I think you're going to find that also quite interesting and quite exciting. We will be doing that uh, interview in two parts. The, today we'll be talking about the new BrailleSense firmware upgrade. And then next week's show, we'll be talking with David more about some of the additional things that they have that are new for the summer shows this summer and that you'll want to take a look at if you get to one of the summer shows. And that is what we're talking about and what is up today on Main Menu. We hope you have a great week. And I'd like to mention that we apologize for some of the audio on Harry's interview. We were having some bit of problems with the internet that day and some dropouts. And so we apologize for some of the problems with the audio and that some pieces uh, we're missing a little bit, but uh, I'm sure you'll get a lot of them out of the interview. And there's not really a whole lot of any content missing. It just fades in and out a little bit. And we do apologize for that. You have a great week, and we'll see you back here again next week on Main Menu. Here at ACB Radio's Main Menu, we are always looking for feedback from our listeners. If you have any feedback about something that you have heard here on Main Menu, suggestions for things you would like to hear on future programs, or if you are able to record a product demonstration or interview for us, please get in contact with us by sending an email to mainmenu at acbradio.org. That's mainmenu at acbradio.org. You can also get in contact with us via Twitter. Our Twitter page is at www.twitter.com slash mainmenu, or you can follow at mainmenu with your favorite Twitter client. Finally, all of our contact information, past shows, and more can be found on our website at mainmenu.acbradio.org. Thank you for listening to Main Menu, and we look forward to hearing from you with your thoughts about our program. Main menu. Main menu. Main menu. 
I am very pleased to have back with me again on the main menu today a young guy that we like to have come on the main menu at least once a year and keep us up to date on what is going on with the driverless vehicles and we like to have Harry Brown come and talk to us about it because Harry keeps up to date on all of this and can give us the latest and greatest from not just one place but from all kinds of different places so welcome back Harry. Uh, David thank you very much for having me on the show looking forward to updating people and uh, giving you the great news on uh, how closer we're getting to this and it's getting closer every day. Um, The first thing I want to mention is I'm going to go take you all back to last July. I think last summer, we were that's the last time we were together, so we'll take you back there. Um, on the 7th of July, we had a uh, a uh, pedestrian and animal that was put onto these vehicles by the auto companies. And the vehicles at that time could detect pedestrians and animals in its path. Also, road detection or road edge detection was implemented where vehicles... And not only uh, find the lines in the road, stay within those lines, but it also now can detect road edges. And it brings the vehicle back into line in its proper lane, called lane key. Then uh, adaptive cruise control now comes with the um, steering assist, which means the driver can set the uh, cruise control. And the vehicle will not only keep speed, which we've done for years, but now it will keep itself in the exact middle of the correct lane that it's supposed to be in. On, uh, in November 2013, the Michigan Senate approved automated vehicles, so the legislature approved it, and it headed to the governor for his signature. On November 21st, 2013, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, known as NHTSA, gave the go-ahead for uh, testing and production, actual production, of the automated vehicle. On December 27, 2013, Michigan Governor Rick Snyder signed a bill making Michigan the fifth to test automated vehicles on its roads. Uh, moving to 20, uh, January 16, 2014, Ontario's Ministry of Education announced that automated vehicles will be tested on their province's road and highways to become the first province in Canada to actually test these vehicles. May 24, 2014, the California Department of Motor Vehicles, or also the DMV, announced that people, the general public, will be able to buy automated vehicles as soon as 2015. On June 2, 2014, the Louisiana legislature sent a approval to the State Department of Motor Vehicles for testing on its road. So that's uh, where we're at. Uh, as you can see, quite a bit has happened. Um, other states that are working on legislation are Ohio, New York, New Jersey, uh, Illinois, possibly. Uh, there's spots there, but there's a lot of states that are going to be doing this, and I'm working with the legislators in all the different states uh, to get that done, as we did California and uh, Arizona and Michigan. So uh, we're just going to continue, and uh, we're heading that way, and it's getting closer. Every day that we wake up, it's going to get closer. So. Uh, Anyway, whatever you have, uh, let's fire them away and we'll take care of them. Okay, so the states that now have it are uh, which states? Arizona, I should say, I'm sorry, Florida, California, Nevada, Michigan, and Washington, D.C. Okay, and and where is Arizona? Are they working on it? or? 
Uh, it's been worked on in the legislature. They dropped it. Uh, they need to bring that up again. There is talk that they might bring it up again. So your people in Arizona, anybody listening in Arizona, want to hear legislators call state senators and reps, tell them that uh, you want to see it done and test it on their roads. Um, and uh, you've got other dates that are, are, are involved right now in actual uh, passage, such as uh, Ohio, uh, New York, and New Jersey. Uh, those three states are in process. The legislation is going through their legislature. So people, if they want the, these vehicles on their roads in Ohio, New Jersey, New York, uh, you all need to call your state rep and state senator and say, hey, get this thing tested legislation on automated vehicles through the legislature. Okay. Just a note to our listeners, we are doing this uh, recording via Apple FaceTime, and we are having a few internet issues, so there is some breakup, and that is an internet issue that we just really can't do anything about, unfortunately. Um, but uh, we're doing fairly well so far. Um, are there? Can you give us any kind of background on what's going on with various companies? Uh, which ones look like they may be in the lead? And you which... betcha. Uh, Google, of course, has now rolled out. They're rolling out 100 prototype vehicles, and those will be tested on roads in the current states that allow the vehicle, Florida, California, uh, Nevada, Michigan, and Washington, D.C. Uh, and uh, you're going to see more and more of these prototypes. Now, these prototypes only go 25 miles. They don't go fast, but they want to get those many prototypes out there on the road possible uh, and in real situations, uh, and they've been doing it in California. They want to do it in other states, and uh, so that's one thing. Ford is working on the technology. Uh, the University of Michigan has built now a city on their campus that have real transportation situations. Uh, of course, California, they've already tested them in California. They want to do even more testing at the U of M, um, especially this winter uh, during the snow season. Uh, they, want to, they want to see what's happening there with the vehicle. So Ford's working on it in their in their labs. Cadill uh, GM has already put it in Cadillac. Cadillacs have a lot of automation. Your 2014 Cadillacs have it. 2015 is going to be even more automated. Uh, so GM's really active in it. Toyota is active in it. Uh, we have uh, Chrysler is doing some things as well, and, and especially, you're going to hear a lot from Tesla. Tesla Motors is probably going to be the first company that actually puts these vehicles on the roads. They are saying 2017 to 2018, uh, and of course, they already have electric cars, so one or two of their electric cars, or maybe, or, no, I'm sorry, the whole fleet uh, will be uh, automated and available to the general public uh, by 2017 or 2018. Uh, they're the ones that are the closest to development. Uh, so, and Mercedes went out with theirs, and uh, you're going to see a lot more of them, even more by 2020. So, at the most seven years, uh, I should say, at the most six years from now, uh, 2018 to 2020, they're going to roll them out. So, I'm hearing that uh, when the big announcement from Google came out here recently, I noticed that they were saying, yes, there's a lot of companies working on them, but in almost all of the cases, except in the Google one, that um, most of the systems expected part of the system was, oh, if there's, if there's a need to, you could switch back to a, a, a normal manual driver, and that's what's going to make Google's different, at least at this point, is that, there, that it assumes no intervention. Uh, is that kind of what you're Correct. Hearing? Okay. Yeah, that's that's what they're saying at the moment. Now, Google's vehicle, the, the prototypes that I just mentioned, they have no steering wheel, no gas pedal, and no brake. So all you have is a, a button. And uh, 
you just push the button, it'll ask you where you want it to go, and you tell it where you want it to go, and it takes you there. And um, if something happens, you can always push the button to stop the vehicle. But that's all it'll do. It'll stop it. You can push the button to stop it. can't hear it. Uh, but it's, uh, that's what the manual button is for uh, if something happens in the vehicle. These vehicles are also having a, a, a foam, kind of a spongy kind of a foam front-end bumper. Um, so it doesn't, if it does hit something, it'll bounce off of it. Uh, so there's no uh, severe impact. So these are just prototypes, but uh, Google hasn't ruled out making a vehicle. They, uh, they have not ruled out making uh, an actual vehicle for the public to buy. Well, you know, I, I said, you know, even if it only goes 25 miles an hour, hey, that's better than nothing <laughs> by a whole lot. Absolutely. <laughs> by a whole I lot. Mean, for us, it would be, wouldn't it be something you get in your vehicle, you tell somebody, hey, I'm coming over to your house, you know, however far they were, either whether in town or out of town, I'm coming over, I'll be there in a half an hour or an hour or whatever, and you pull up to their driveway in your, uh, in your car. I mean, that's a... Uh, I'll take 25 compared to zero. Uh, yeah, real quick. <laughs> now, I right now. Uh, and I understand also, um, if I'm understanding right, that with the Google vehicle that they're coming out, that 100 prototypes are coming out with next year, that uh, those will, you won't be able to drive them on a highway. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. I, I it might be, it might not be. They they haven't said. Okay. I um, thought I heard something to that effect, and the reason being, of course, because usually most of your highways, they have a minimum speed limit of 40. Well, yeah. Uh, it's not driving at highway speed. Right, it's, right. You know, high speed being 70, though, or 65. So, uh, but who knows? Maybe they'll allow them. I don't know what's going to happen with that. But yeah. uh, they definitely talked about it for local driving, and... Uh, that would be incredible. So, well, even if you could just do local driving, that'd be fine. <laughs> that'd take care of most people's needs, probably. Oh, you betcha. Ninety-five percent of the travel that people is, is doing these days is local, anyway. Ninety-nine percent. Right. Well, at twenty-five miles an hour, I don't think I'd probably want to drive from um, uh, Minnesota, where I am, to uh, Los Angeles very many times, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. It take a while. <laughs> now, this vehicle that's going, the, the prototypes are electric, by the way. Uh, they're not gas. They're all electric. Mm -hmm. Okay. Of course, then, uh, you know, I, and whether it's gas or whether it's electric, you know, the, of course, the concern is, um, you know, with, with electric, it's like, well, where, where do I get it charged and how often do I get it charged and that kind of thing, of course. But if you were running on gas, there'd be the, the issue of where do I get gas and so forth. So, you know, there, there's, there's all those things that have to be thought of in, in, in addition to driving. <laughs> the, there's all the well, things that go with it. Sure. The, the the electrical situation, as far as that is concerned, uh, you, as long as you have a, a plug available to you, you can charge it up. And as far as the gas station situation, it's going to know where the gas stations are because of maps that are built in and the uh, GPS. So it's, it's going to know where all the gas stations are, which is amazing to me. Well, don't you imagine that, um, or maybe you know, uh, it would seem to me that uh, as charging stations become available across the country, you're probably going to be able to find out, uh, again, with your GPS, where is the nearest place where I can find a charging station. I know we have several charging stations around this area, and, 
and um, I'm sure that more than likely those have been added to most of the major GPS maps so that if a person needed a charging station, they'd be able to find one. Absolutely. You'll be able to ask the vehicle, uh, where is my closest charging station? Or um, that's after you get to your destination. You know, where's my closest charging station? And if it's gas, uh, you just ask it, what gas is closest to me? Right. And, of course, it's going to tell you when it's running low on gas, too. Uh, but the meters, it's going to tell you when that's, when that's the case. And you can just say, well, what goes gas? And it'll tell you, say, would you like to go there? Yes, I Yeah. Well, um, <clears throat> if a particular, if people in a particular state, maybe, that uh, doesn't have this uh, availability now, if they wanted to get started on getting something through the legislature or whatever, what would be your suggestion for where to start? Are there certain certain people they should talk to? Should they talk to you about who are the right people to talk to? Or uh, where would be the best place to go? Well, what you want to do is uh, find out who your state representative and who your state senator is. Uh, most states have two parts of the legislature, their House or Assembly and their Senate. Nebraska, however, just has one body. Uh, they're of the legislature there, and they so they need to find out who their uh, representative is. But every all the other states, you have two bodies: a House Assembly and a Senate. So you need to find out who your representative or a person, and who your state senator is. And once you contact them by phone, I would, or you can email them. Uh, and your library, your local your local library is going to call. They know who your state senator and representative or assembly is. If you don't. They'll give you the uh, contact info for them. And then just call them and say, uh, hey, I would like a bill produced allowing for our vehicles or for automated vehicles to be tested on our road. And that's how you get it started. And then if you want to do that, uh, the listeners can get a hold of me. I'll give you my uh, give you my uh, email address. Um, it's W as in whiskey, E as in Delta, the number eight, and the letter O-E-B as in Oscar Echo Papa. 2464 at S is in Sierra, B is in Bravo, C is in Charlie, global, G L O B A L, global, dot net. And then, you know, once you get that started, then email me and say, hey, I need a list of the benefits of these vehicles. I will send you a list of over seven benefits of the automated vehicle. And it's going to help you get it through the legislature, uh, the benefits of such vehicle. And I have that look at it through california florida michigan nevada washington so we'll be glad to help anybody uh in the other states to get it through your legislatures okay <clears throat> well okay so that sounds pretty good so basically you want to start with the members of your uh legislature in your state both in the house of representatives and in the senate uh, which is the case in all the states except uh, Nebraska, where, as you say, they just have one uh, one assembly. Uh, they instead of having two. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, and then and then and then um, once you get the ball rolling on that uh, to get it approved for for um, testing and so forth in the state, then get a hold of you, uh, Harry Brown, and uh, WD8. Um, uh, I, is it I? Uh, no, O, is it Oscar? O-E-P, 2464. 64. At sbcglobal.net. 
And That's you correct. Can, and you can give them a list of different, uh, of uh, over 70 uh, advantages there are to the uh, to to the driverless vehicles and that, that is can that they, can be a big that help. that's going to work yeah okay when do you think these are going to be actually on the road and available and i know you said uh california is saying 2018 to 2020 okay uh google's telling google said uh, they're saying 2017 2018 tesla is saying 2017 2018 and the automakers the other automakers are saying 2020 okay which is amazing yeah, we're talking. So we're three talking three to you know three to six years away. That's that's not bad. That's not I bad. I mean, just think about that, folks. Just think about getting in your own vehicle. You tell your friends or your family you're going to come over to see them, and you'll be there. No buses to deal with. No trains. No planes to deal with. Uh, you'll be in your own vehicle. You can go when you want. Not only just car driving, but local driving. You can go where you want, when you want. I, that's pretty darn cool. Uh, that's that's what I call accessibility. <laughs> yeah, the best ever. And and it's called independence. You betcha. And, and, and now that the and the elderly are people are getting more elderly. You're gonna the most of the, our population is going to be elderly people in the next twenty to thirty years. Except the that's the most population in the country that you're gonna... right. Except for you and me, we're both getting younger. Oh, there you go. I tell you, we're both we can getting make a younger. Million on that, yeah, we? yeah. Uh, everybody else is getting older, and we're getting younger. So. <laughs> So we'll be three years younger when we get our car. <laughs> hey, there you go. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I think the thing people need to realize is, you know, this isn't fiction. This this is really happening. And when you can hear, when you listen to the advertisements on TV today, and you talk about hearing them talk about this vehicle parking itself in the parking lot, that's a part of what we're talking about here, you know? That is correct. That's a piece of it. And uh, that's already happened. And, and the fact that, you know, the 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 regulations have already changed and the the auto manufacturers have already been told that they have to have the cameras on the back of their vehicles that can tell where they are and so forth by the, I believe it was by the uh, 2015 model year, I believe it was. It was that is correct. And here, here's the other thing, too, uh, Dave, and that's the, uh, not only the camera, but all of the, the different automation pieces will be required. Now, the NHTSA just is ruling requiring auto companies to put in on all vehicles the automated steering, the automated braking, lane changing. Uh, all of the automation has been uh, required by NHTSA, and they want, it as, they want it in as soon as possible because they know the benefits of such a vehicle as well. And the insurance, and this is even, even more important, the insurance agency know, or the insurance companies know the benefits of such a vehicle. They will also, in the two or three years, be requiring uh, people to get uh, the technology on their vehicles, either retrofitted or uh, requiring people to get a new vehicle. Um, and they're going to say, like they do with anything, we'll give you a discount if you do such a thing. It's just like a, having a home. A homeowner uh, gets a discount for certain things that they they can do. The insurance company tells you, we'll give you this discount if you have a smoke detector, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's going to be the same way with these vehicles. And your insurance rate, think about this, folks. Your insurance rate for when we get our insurance, we're only going to pay 
like a hundred dollars a year for insurance. Let's say somebody's paying right now six hundred dollars a month. Their insurance rate is going to drop by eighty percent. The insurance industry has been saying eighty percent discount. So now you're paying a hundred and twenty dollars a year, ten bucks a month. When you were paying, when or now paying a hundred dollars a month, or eighty or sixty dollars a month, it's ten dollars a month because the liability is gone. They don't have to worry about what happened because it's already done. It's dealt with. See, in this, your case, hospital bills are going to go down. Your medical bills, our medical bills will go down because we're not going to have people in hospital because of accidents. That's a big part of your medical, folks. Is is when vehicles or when people get into traffic accidents. So that drops. So your insurance medical costs will drop as well. It's incredible. Think about. It. Well, and and this is when I hear people uh, from these companies that are working on this. When I've heard them ad- uh, interviewed on, on on television recently, you know, their big thing and the the big thing behind this whole push isn't to get it for blind people, uh, but it's benefiting us because what they're saying is the more of this that they can get and the better they can get it, the less accidents there's going to be for everybody. It, this is this is this isn't just going to benefit us. This is going to be, benefit everybody, and and the people involved know it, and that it's going to make uh, transportation cheaper because there's going to be less accidents. The medical coverage is not going to be as great. The 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 cost of repairing vehicles, the cost to insurance companies is going to go down because they're not going to have to pay for as many accidents and so forth. Absolutely. Uh, oh, and stop and think, and, and just stop and think. If you listen to the figures, if you listen to the figures just in your local area of how many DWIs there were in the past year or the past six months, how many people were killed or injured because of a drinking driver, and you stop and think, that's going to cut that way, way, way down. If you just take that, yeah, it's it's gone way down, and I mean it, it's going to go way down. I yeah. should say, yeah. Um, police departments love it; they're they're excited. They say, well, Harry, that means I don't have to worry about parking problems or traffic tickets. We can get rid of our traffic divisions. Now we can go investigate more important crimes. Uh, folks, half of the, the the crime police investigate these days are traffic. Twenty-five to fifty percent are traffic crimes. If we can reduce that, we'll eliminate that. Then you have just the focus on. The violent crimes and other crimes that are need to be focused on. Your uh, parking, you won't have parking tickets. It's just, it's incredible. It's going to save cities money. Everything in America uh, has budget problems. Your city, your town, your country has budget problems. State has budget problems. We're going to eliminate a lot of those problems of any transportation kind of situations for the vehicles. We won't need new roads because these vehicles drive will be driven much faster. The vehicles will be spaced close together. We'll be able to put four times the number of, think about four times the number of vehicles that we have now on our roads. No new roads will be needed to be built. Uh, and I talked to legislators, oh, that, my God, we can, we can save billions. I said, yeah, you're going to save billions. That's right. And the money will go back to the taxpayer. Well, the other, the other thing to think about is because the vehicles know about the other vehicles around them, you get traffic jams. And it's going to know. It's going to know because it's going to know what's in front of it. And it's going to get data from various sources. It's going to say there's a tie-up in this area. And so it's going to know what to do because uh, of a a tie-up or a slowdown. Um, And and it's going to be able to adjust easier than an individual could because the individual may not have any idea what's going on. Well, the thing is, too, there won't be any traffic jam there at all because uh, 
what you're going to have is eventually, and it's not going to be for a few years yet, but eventually we're going to eliminate, now think about that, we're going to eliminate stoplights. We have something called FAFD, first, first departure. It's being worked on right now by the University of Perry, Kansas City. Think about this. You're in a vehicle, it gets to an intersection, and it's other vehicles there. But some other vehicle got there before it did. So it will stop and wait for the vehicle in front of it to go. Uh, it will know vehicles to the right, to the left, uh, to the front of it, to the rear of it. These vehicles will see approximately 600 feet now, they're telling me, 600 feet around them. Okay. Uh, and so it's going to know all these things. We're not going to need uh, red lights at all because these vehicles will go and or stop depending on what they see at the intersect. It's absolutely incredible. So we won't have the problems with traffic jam because at such high speeds, um, and to think of, and the vehicles are going to be closer together, uh, about two inches apart, uh, and we can space them that close together because we're not going to have fast slamming on of brakes and things like that. The vehicles, when they see the intersection approaching, they'll slow down gradually, and uh, it's just, it's incredible what you're going to see. Uh, there won't be, let's say you take an expressway. Your, your commuter right now, you're taking a two-hour trip to work or a three-hour trip to work, and it has people in California, they'll tell you that. Um, so you're taking that trip. On an expressway, when automation takes place, these vehicles are going to be traveling at a speed of 155 miles an hour. 155, 155 miles an hour. Now, I say that. They've already done it in Germany as a test on the Autobahn. Now, for those of you that know anything about the Autobahn, you know there's no speed limit at all. Everybody's their own speed limit. So these vehicles that drove at 155 miles an hour, merged into traffic, merged out of traffic, changed lanes, no accidents. No accidents at that high rate. Is no accidents. We're going to do that here. Uh, when total automation takes place, we're going to up the speed limit. You're going to get there in one so instead of three hours, it'll be an hour. Four hours will be like an hour and a half, hour, hour and 45 minutes. Uh, and just keep going that way. Five hours will be, what, one and a half hours, something like that. So it just, it's, you're going to be here at the time. Uh, it's just incredible. Think about it. Well, we're breaking up here a little bit, Harry. Um, yeah, but I think we've, unless you had some other things, I think we've pretty well covered where we are now, haven't we? Or uh, did you have? Oh, a... you betcha, you betcha. And we'll come on next, uh, probably sometime next uh, next summer, and uh, we'll do another update unless something happens before that that, that you hear that you want me to cover. Sure. You had to come on uh, before that. Okay. Well, if you're offered one of those uh, Google cars, and uh, why you let us know, and we'll get you on and let you tell us all about it. Well, what I'm going to do is, if that happens, I will actually do a demo of it, and I will uh, I'll record it uh, and record how the trip goes, and I'll take the uh, take inside the car with me. That that sounds neat. That and that's that that would really be neat. So it's it's going to be that for sure. And I've enjoyed being with you. Well, I appreciate you coming on, and thanks very much for for keeping us informed. And uh, uh, again, uh, if you'd like to get a hold of Harry, you can do that at. W-D-8-O-E-P-2464 at sbcglobal.net. That's correct. And Harry can give you a lot of good information and advice and help you out if you uh, need some help on um, getting it through your legislature and so forth or need information even for um, a, a local group of you that maybe want to get your organization together to, to work with the legislature 
And uh, Harry's our, the guy to go to. He, he knows. Absolutely. Be glad to help anybody, for sure. Well, thanks a lot. We really appreciate oh. it. Well, thank you very much. So I am very pleased to welcome Dave Wilkinson from Hymns Incorporated. Dave is the business development manager for Hymns, and we are very pleased to have David on Main Menu today. And welcome, David. Uh, it, it's a pleasure to be here uh, on, on Main Menu. Hymns has got an awful lot going on this year, and uh, I will undoubtedly not hit all of it in one interview. But I will do my best. It is the 15-year anniversary of the founding of Hims. Now, we've only been in office in the U.S. for about four years, but the original Hims International office in Daejeon, Korea, opened in 1999, so this is our 15-year anniversary. And we've done a whole lot as far as innovations with new products uh, that are coming out this year, and we've, we decided... Uh, some time back that this would be a big a big sort of banner year for him and it's really proven to be that and we'll talk about a couple of the things that we're doing this evening and do some demonstrations and then we'll mention a few of the other things that are happening but I would encourage you to come see us at the summer shows we're at virtually any summer show that you can think of so come by and look for hymns or look for one of our authorized dealer representatives and you can see some of the cool stuff that you're getting to hear about now and one of the first things that we're going to talk about today is the just released in the last what 48 hours or so uh, Braille Sense firmware version 8.2. This is our second firmware release of 2014. It's worth just bragging a little bit that HIMS software updates have always been free and always will be free. We were groundbreaking in introducing the concept of free firmware updates. Why charge you for a product for adding features to a product that you already own? So uh, just sort of a plug for the fact that we have free firmware updates. But in version 8.2, we raised the bar again for what people can expect out of a note-taker. And we went back and looked at a lot of what people have asked for over the years, and we tried to provide a lot of what folks have requested. And to start off with that, we have a Facebook client. And uh, so I will go ahead and turn speech on on my Braille Sense. And now I can go to, from the file manager, I can go to the, uh, I had to think where it was, I'm used to just hitting hotkeys under, uh, under the, the, the social programs. And then I'm going to go to Facebook by using the shortcut key F, and it's going to log me in. It's thinking about it. Okay, and so here we have my, uh, I have a list of posts by friends that I can use my arrow keys or my scroll buttons on the Braille display to move up and down. So here we have links that would go to photos. It goes without saying that the photo is not going to show very well on the Braille sentence, but I can certainly get the link to it and I can read all the comments about it. I can look at timelines. So I can pull up my friends list and I can figure out who all I'm friends with on the planet. I can look up news feeds. And then I'm back to home timeline so I can look at my timeline. I can choose to log out. I can go into settings where I would enter my username and my password. Uh, I can tell the Braille sense whether I want it to log me on automatically or not. I can search. So if I want to find new friends, I can go in and search. Uh, I can write on my wall, I can respond to comments, I can like or unlike something, and I can accept friend requests. So it is not a complete Facebook app. We are using an API that's provided by Facebook, 
Uh, it is certainly not complete, but it gives you access to quite a bit of things on Facebook, and we can certainly expand from here uh, and build on it for the future. One of the other features that we have, and I'm just sort of jumping around and we'll come back, uh, David, at the end of it, you can ask questions about anything that I miss. But one of the other features that we've heard over and over about that people have wanted on a note taker going back to the days of the Braille and Speak is uh, there's been sort of a hue and cry for macros. And we've all heard as note taker users can't do it, operating system won't let us do it, no more macros for you, it was because it was a proprietary operating system, blah, 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 blah. Well, they were wrong. Uh, because as of version 8.2 of our uh, firmware, we do indeed have a macro manager. And to prove it, because I'm a salesperson and I'm liable to tell you anything, so got to prove it, we will actually run a macro that I wrote earlier, just a very simple macro that will load our Bookshare app and take me to the search terms that I can type in a book to have it downloaded. So we are going to run that macro. We are going to run that macro by pressing function key two and the letter E on your query keyboard. It would be FN plus E. And it's focused on Bookshare. One of the cool things about our macro manager is it doesn't store all the macros in one file. Every macro is stored in an individual file. So you can actually share macros with each other. If you come up with an ingenious macro that you're dying to share with your friends and colleagues, we're going to let you do that. I'm going to go ahead and hit enter on my Bookshare macro, and it's going to execute the macro. You'll notice that you don't hear a lot of commands happening in the background. It just goes silent and says, please wait until the macro is finished executing. And now I'm at the search word prompt on my Bookshare app so I could type in a book that I wanted to be able to uh, to download. And then our Bookshare app would let me download that book and it would unzip it and I'd be good to go. So I can write macros for all kinds of things. I was playing with an Excel spreadsheet the other day, our Excel viewer, where I could go to a specific column and have a macro add up all of the numbers in that column just by taking the, the numbers over the calculator so that I could uh, essentially create my own formula uh and find out totals in a column on an Excel spreadsheet. I've used a, mac a macro for all of my default settings in my SenseNav program. So to, uh, after I've done an update on the firmware, I have a number of settings that I like that are different from the factory settings. I have them all set into one macro. So I thought that was pretty cool. Well, that is neat. Uh, and you know that what, what's neat about this is that you realize you, I had an, another macro that just takes email from a specific from, from my inbox and paste it into a specific file so that I can categorize emails and just have them in files instead of having to keep the messages in my inbox. And what's cool about this is that you you, you have no idea what people are going to do with macros. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, so <clears throat> excuse me. It's one of those things that you know as you're uh, as, as people play with it, who knows what you'll come up with. Uh, and, but we're certainly looking forward to finding out. Uh, and it's certainly been a, uh, a feature that's been requested for a long, long time. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and exit my Bookshare app. Well, I'm just curious. <laughs> I'm yes. going to interrupt just a teeny bit here. Because, that's fine. Because I'm just curious if you know, uh, one of the things I had fun with back in the olden days that you mentioned was I actually took and made a macro in somebody's type and speak that gave them a basic typing tutorial. Wonder if you'd have enough room. I wonder. Wonder how big a macro you can make. I have had macros that are oh, thirty some odd keystrokes at this okay. point. Okay. Uh, I've not found that. I've not found room to be a problem at all. Okay. And I've not. You know, I've, the only problem that I've run into with macros, in the interest of full disclosure, is that if you are writing a macro that involves logging into a service. Uh, if your wireless connection is slower than when you originally wrote the macro, uh, it, it, then it, it on occasion doesn't work. Sometimes okay. you, have sure. you, you have elements from the outside that we can't control, which we never ran into sure. on the old type and speak right, because there, right. there was 
there was barely email and there sure as heck wasn't in the internet at that point. <laughs> so we've been sabotaged by technology. Yeah, I can't remember doing email on them at that. That's about it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It, you know, but I, it, it's been a lot of fun to work with the macro manager. Um, and, and so, again, we look forward to hearing uh, of all the creative uses that folks are using with the macro manager. Mm-hmm. Well, it certainly is. It certainly looks pretty, pretty uh, sophisticated. I can do quite a bit with it. It's quite a robust macro manager. I've been impressed. But people do need to understand that when you're connecting to wirelessly to to the internet, it can be a concern because you can't control how fast that internet connection is going to be. And if you end up in a hotel like I ended up in last week, where it took me over two minutes to download an 11 meg update in in the iPhone, it, it, that's pretty slow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, hotels have never been known for the speediest of Wi-Fi. No. I I, I think that's probably being very generous. I would say so. (laughs) (laughs) One of the uh, the other things that folks have asked for for a long time that's a natural pairing with the Excel viewer that we've had for over a year now is the ability to – it's people like, okay, yay, you can look at Excel files. That's great. That's wonderful. Yay, hymns. It sure be nice, and this was something that I really wanted uh, because of some things that I've done in the past with, with, with databases, but it sure would be nice to be able to import or export files as CSVs. And uh, there, was sort of, there, was, there was sort of you know a battle cry for, we want CSVs. And so now we have them. And to, to prove how, how well it works and how quickly it works, I just happen to have a – and for those of you who aren't familiar with CSVs, it stands for Comma Separated Values – and it's a form of database. Think of it kind of like your rich text file. It'll open the CSVs will open in any database manager, whether it's uh, Excel uh, or Keynote. I believe it's Keynote on the. Is that right on the Mac? Is it Keynote that's the spreadsheet program? Uh, Keynote is is the Keynote presentation. Keynote PowerPoint program. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's uh, numbers. I can't think what it is. Numbers. Numbers. That's right. That's right. Numbers on the Mac. Uh, it'll open in any database program, kind of like your RTS will open in any word processing program. So I have a database that has about eight fields and has somewhere around 1,400 records in it uh, because why should we do anything small? And we're going to see how the BrailleSense does uh, in importing this this, uh, file and creating a database with it. So to do that from the file manager, I'm going to go to my organizer, which is where my database database manager is located. And from the organizer, I'll tab back over to Facebook a while ago and didn't realize it. So here we go. Back. Now we're going to go to Organizer, and I'm going to use my scroll buttons on the Braille display to go down to the Database Manager. And this is just a little database that I made earlier called Dave Test, which is really boring. And so we are going to go into the Table Manager, which is where I'm going to import my CSV. So here we are. We create a new table from CSV, and I'm going to press Enter. And now we're going to tell it where to look for the file. My documents folder zero flashes. And in this case, the, the database that I want is on a thumb drive. Here we go. Here's my running log. I'm a long-distance runner, and I keep all of my runs logged uh, going back several years, uh, complete with comments, notes, etc. So we're going to hit enter here. And now it wants to know a table name, so I'm going to type in running log. And now... It has loaded the file, and now it just wants me to define the different fields. Types of running is one of my fields, and it's an edit box. Edit box delete. 
date is not date. My date file is an actual date, so we'll go down to date. Distance is an edit box, and so now I'm just assigning types of fields to each of, or, you know, what type of entry is allowed in specific fields. And my notes is a multi-line edit box. And now we're going to hit confirm, and we're going to import these 1,400 records. And it's going to take it a few seconds, but it's going to be relatively speedy, I think, for importing 1,400 records. And the Braille display is still saying confirm. This is where we ought to have hold music. <laughs> do, 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 do. So there we go. And now we've got 1,379 records that have been imported. Now I can switch to that table and I can search this database. That's pretty quick. <laughs> it's not too bad for 1,379 not, not, Yeah, records. that's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah. And and as you say, uh, the the comma separated values type of file is, it has been quite popular for years for doing databases and all kinds of things. I mean, I remember the first time I encountered a CSV was uh, when I was moving email from Outlook Express on one computer to Outlook Express on another computer. That would do it. And that was how they they moved the address book. That would certainly do it. Yep. So we're very excited about the, this. Uh, I've always thought that our that we had a very strong product that had somewhat of a weak database manager. And to me, this more than makes up for that with the speed and the versatility. Now we can look at Excel files. We can create uh, comma-separated values files. We can import files. We can export files. This, to me, is makes for the complete package. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. That's great. So you could basically take a database that you had in Excel, save it as a CSV file, and then take it into the database and, and use it on, on the BrailleSense. That is, that is correct. That is, that is absolutely correct. That's pretty neat. Okay. A, a couple of other features, and I won't, I won't demonstrate this password protection feature because I have no desire to set a password at the moment, um, but we'll at least go there. You can now password protect your BrailleSense uh, from startup, so you can keep inquiring minds out. That's uh, the way I like to think of it. Mm -hmm. And it's under the settings menu, so I go to the file manager. I hit S for settings. And I'm pretty sure it's P for password, but since I can't remember, we're going to edit down, uh, arrow down. Here we go, password protection. I hit enter. And now I've got a number of different fields set password. Now, for what it's worth, to reset the factory default, you'd have to enter your password uh, in order to get it set to factory defaults. We do have a super secret way of getting around that that we won't tell you about. But anyway, but <laughs> um, uh, so now you can you, you can password protect your unit from uh, when it wakes up. Uh, what, what the password configuration means is you can set your password to be activated, kind of like on your computer or on your phone when you wake it up or when you turn it on, or maybe when you turn it on but not when you wake it up. You know, when it's gone into power management, so you've got some control over when you have to type in a password and when you don't. Following on that, and this is not wildly useful for consumers, but it's infinitely useful for educators, we have the ability to password protect the unit so that it can be put in a state where any specific feature or set of features can be enabled or disabled, oh. which is yes, so that if I want to allow a student to use this in a testing environment and turn off the internet, turn off Wi-Fi, get rid of the email, lock out spell check, lock out the dictionary... Um, I can do that, and I can password protect that so that the unit only allows for someone to go into the settings that I have enabled. Okay. So this allows us to be 
looked at seriously for standardized testing, uh, for being used in various environments where you've got to have total and complete control over the environment uh, surrounding what data is or is not allowed to be used. So can you go as far as uh, saying, like, uh, you can only use certain kinds of files? I can't say you can only use certain kinds of files, but what I could do, I have to think about this. Let's find out. Okay, I can't lock out specific file formats. Okay. But what, uh, I, I can't go that far, but what I could do, if I back up the unit before I give it to someone, I, what I would essentially do is delete whatever I don't want them to have, which, again, I could now write a macro for to automatically do a backup and then wipe the unit clean, or to wipe the unit clean and then put X specific files back from an SD card. So mm-hmm. you can still have control of your environment. Right. Or, or do, you, do you have a way to limit a person to certain folders? Let's, I think I do. I know I can limit drives. Okay, then that would make sense because because you could limit it to just an SD card or something that to, you know, and not write right. like to the flash or something or something like that. Sure. That's right. Yeah. And the beauty of this, sort of doubling back, is if you run into a situation where a teacher is frightened by the idea of writing a macro for some of this stuff or whatever, you and I can do it. They don't have to be able to do it. This is where your authorized dealer comes into play or where the David Tanners of the world come into play or, you know, we can do it so that we can, uh, because let's face it, a lot of your teachers get scared by a lot of this stuff and uh, I, I can't say I blame them. And so we can take on the, the, the burden of that, whereas on the old macros, you know, on the Braylon speaks, it was just, you know, macros.sys, you know, and everything was just stored in one file. So we, we can be of tremendous help to our friends, colleagues, coworkers, et cetera. Well, I just thought of somebody uh, who is a, a BrailleSense U2 user, and she has a macro sort of thing set up on her ThinkPad that every time she's, you know, she's a college student, every time she saves a file in Word, not only does it get saved to her hard drive, it gets saved to her Dropbox and to an SD card. With, a, with uh, the macros on, on there, you could, she could do the same thing on her BrailleSense. She could, and I've actually talked about, this is a, a brilliant segue, uh, when we introduced version 8.1 where we had full Nimitz support, uh, and just to, to brag a little bit, we're the, we had Nimitz in our calculator years before anyone else thought about it. We just sort of kind of forgot to tell people about it. But with, with version 8.1, we introduced full Nimitz support where you can write in Nimitz on the Braille Sense. And if you print it from, due to driver limitations and Windows CE devices, if you print math from the Braille Sense or our competitors, you get sort of its own little language. You get words for symbols, which is not good. You get like SQT for square root and open frac and closed frac and all that kind of stuff. And so mm-hmm. essentially you're asking a teacher to almost learn a mini language to be able to grade math homework, which mm-hmm. isn't really acceptable. So what we did is if you save that file as a Word file and print it from your computer, you get plain old ordinary math that right. looks just like your cited compatriots math. Mm-hmm. The way that this ties into the macro is that I've been working with a couple of teachers on how we can write macros to automatically save the file with you know, math homework, today's date, whatever the date is today save it as a Word file and automatically put it into a specified Dropbox folder so that the teacher already has it. Mm-hmm. And that can be done in a couple of keystrokes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that would be neat. And you can alter that to have it saved to a thumb drive or an SD card or a thumb drive, an SD card, Flash, and Dropbox if you're right. prepared. Right. You know, <laughs> yeah. you just keep going. Yeah. Well, and that's what this thats what this young lady's doing. She's on her, on her laptop, and I'm going to tell her, hey, you can be doing the same thing on your BrailleSense because she's got a U2 that's, 
not even a year old yet. Right. Yeah. Well, and again, you know, it's, it's all of our firmware upgrades are free. So you just go to the to the, uh, the setting, the, the utilities menu, and under, under upgrades, and if you've got it hooked up to the internet at that point, we'll do all the work for you. Sure. Yep. <clears throat> I haven't done that since last night. Well, well, they, we, you, you got to get on the program. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> So, so what is there? It seems to me there were some other new NEMA things, or, or is that just me? That there, there are a number of things that we did with in, in version eight one. We, we, we allow you to actually import files that have been created in Word using the Word symbols list, okay. so that a teacher can prepare a worksheet and we can actually open it and show it to you in Nemeth. Uh, so you not only have the ability to print out your math and get normal symbols, but you also have the ability to open it. So, so take this to its logical conclusion. I'm a student. I do my Nimith, I do my homework. I save it as a Word file. I give it to my teacher on a thumb drive or in Dropbox or whatever. The teacher writes comments about what was good and what wasn't good, shows a couple of corrections, sends it back to me by email or on my thumb drive or in Dropbox, and I can now look at the graded paper on the Braille Sense. Okay. That's fantastic. So not Not bad. Not bad. That's right. That's that's good. It's pretty good when that can be your sort of less talked about firmware upgrade of the year. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It certainly is. Well, I don't know where you were going next, but one thing I wanted to ask about, um, because as you know, I was a little bit involved with the beta. Unfortunately, I, I, I have a Braille sense, but it's too old to, to use the new update. And um, the, the Braille sense uh, where I work is um, the, the, the plus. And so it can use most everything, but not totally everything. Right. But, um, the the being able to use two occurrences of the word processor. What does that do for a person? What it does, it makes the Braille sense act a lot more like my computer. What happened previously, and what you can still do, um, is you if you could you could have multiple documents opened, but if when you tabbed in between them it would always want you to save the last occurrence of a document, which is a nice safety feature, but mm-hmm. I don't care about the Sometimes safety just needs to go away. So what this allows me to do is it lets me actually physically open a second instance of the word processor so that I can edit two documents at once and just alt-tab between them and not have to keep saving them. Okay. So it's just a time-saving me- measure. Mm-hmm. It's very much like when you're in Microsoft Word, how you can have two instances of Word open and you just alt-tab between them. Okay, okay. And so that, that is, in essence, what that is doing. Okay. And, and so it's, it sounds a little flaky in the beginning, and then you find yourself using it, and you wonder how you ever lived without it. <laughs> okay, that's what I figured. And unfortunately, now what I've started doing is I'll have several files open in both instances of the word processor, and I've got things just scattered all over the place. And I've been able to create <laughs> a ginormous mess, which, you know, is just sort of the way things go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I guess one of the things that would be nice about that is you could you could have a document for example, maybe where that had been more like a scratch pad for for ideas for some presentation you were going to make, and That's now right. you wanted to actually write the presentation and be able to have the presentation there, there that you're writing in one instance and and your 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 whatever you want to call it crib sheet your your scratch pad whatever where you had all these ideas where you can just drop over jump over there oh oh this was the next thing i wanted to put in you could copy it over into your actual document and then add it whatever you wanted to it which would be real nice well what i find myself doing is sort of along those lines is i'll keep editing the scratch pad and then i'll flip over and write something into the document that i'm writing and i don't have to keep saving 
yeah. the document, which again, it only takes you know a half second or a second to do, but it's just it's annoying. It's an extra keystroke that I don't necessarily mm-hmm. need to worry about. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, and, and again, by giving you the option of having the second word processor, if you want to only open up files in one instance of the word processor, then by all means, you can be ultra safety conscious and continue to save as you're going along, or you can make this work similar to the way that your 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 Mac or your PC is going to work as, as far as how it handles documents. So it puts the power of choice into your hands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I just thought I'd ask you about that while I was thinking about it. No, that is a very good question, and it's something I would have overlooked. So thank you. There are a couple of other enhancements that we have done. One of the things that this is something else that I've wanted for a long time uh, is the ability to use your own media file in our alarm, uh, in in our alarm clock, so you can wake up to your favorite radio station or to a media file of your choice. So, you know, if you wanted to record your cat meowing and wake up to your (laughs) cat meowing in the morning, be my guest. so that you know, it's, so again, it's just it just it allows you to do some more personalization to make the unit yours. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So there are a few other features and a few other enhancements: the ability to schedule appointments for all day instead of having to block out time, that type of stuff. But for some of that, you can come by the booth and it'll give it'll add a little bit of mystery and intrigue. So you can come by the booth. Okay. Sure. Sure. And now you will. So you will be at all of the major uh, summer conventions and different shows and so forth. So uh, you will be uh, at. Uh, ACB and you'll be at uh, NFB and uh, the ones over in, uh, across the pond and so forth, I guess. Yes, yes. Okay. Hims International will do the ones across the pond. We will be at ACB NF- and I personally will be at ACB, NFB, and AER International. We will be at the Blind Veterans Conference. We'll be at a number of other local and state and regional shows uh, that I, if I start mentioning them, I will forget them. <laughs> bear the embarrassment. I understand. Uh, so we, we, we're everywhere. We're everywhere. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> Sounds, sounds, sounds good. Hi, I'm Chase Crispin, the executive producer of Main Menu. We are currently looking for listeners who are willing to review any type of accessible technology for us here on Main Menu. If you are interested in doing a review of a product that you own, or an interview with its vendor, then please contact us and let us know what you're interested in doing. Before you begin to record a segment, it is important to contact us so that we can ensure that it hasn't already been covered on our program. To get in contact with us, please send an email to mainmenu at acbradio.org and let us know what demonstration or interview you would like to do. Once you have completed your recording, please again send an email to mainmenu at acbradio.org and let us know how we might get the file from you and if it will need any further editing. We can get files from you in any method such as SendSpace or Dropbox, any way that works for you. Once we receive your file, we will let you know when it will be aired on Main Menu. Presentations from our listeners are always interesting and well received by the rest of the listeners, so if this interests you, please get in touch with us. Thank you for your interest, and we look forward to hearing from you on the show very soon. We do want to thank you for being with us this week here on Main Menu and hope you'll join us back here again next week on Main Menu. You have a great week and we'll see you soon here on Main Menu.